This is Ashley, and this is School in Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, I want to talk about garnering your partner's support for your career development. So often I talk to prospective mentees and they're like, well, Ashley, you know, I need to talk to my husband or I need to talk to my partner. You know, I'm not sure if I can, I'm going to get their buy-in. I'm not sure if they believe in career coaching. I'm not sure if they understand how important my career is. And, you know, that always gives me pause. I think that, you know, partnerships and relationships require us to be vulnerable and be honest about what our priorities are, what matter to us. And it's only by us communicating to our partners, our needs and our desires that they know about them and that they're able to support us and maybe even advocate for the things that we desire as well. And so if you have a partner who you've not told your career goals to, if you're in a relationship where you're questioning if your partner would believe in or buy into your career desires, or if you feel like you're stalled out because your partner isn't supportive of your career development, I think that that's a conversation that you need to absolutely have. One of the things that I like to invite prospective mentees into, particularly when they're thinking about investing in career coaching and they're concerned that their partner may or might may not support them, is to make sure that their partner knows clearly how advancing their career would not only benefit them individually, but would benefit the partnership, right? Like one of the things that I know as a newlywed <laughs> in my like eight months of being married is that money is a significant thing in marriage. It matters a ton. And if you were earning you know, $25,000 more, maybe y'all would have so much financial tension in y'all marriage. And, and that could help, you know, you all have more harmony, right? And so I think sometimes maybe your partner doesn't know how much of a strain or isn't seeing how much of a strain the money is and doesn't understand that you earning more money could mean more ease in your life, could mean, you know, less financial stress, et cetera. And so, you know, definitely have the conversation, talk about, you know, how and why your career development is important to you and make sure that your partner understands that as it may help them get more on board. If you want more strategies about how to get buy-in from your partner around your career development, or if you just want to talk about your career and how to make it have less strain on your life and your marriage, be sure to reach out to me on my website at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. And in I Digress this week, I'm talking with Courtney Dubois, a woman of faith, a wife, a daughter, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and a relationship coach who helps dating and married couples identify and address their relationship problems so they can begin operating in a purpose-filled partnership. Courtney, thanks so much for joining us on School and Life. Hi, Ashley. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. I'm so excited for my audience to learn from you. I know that they're going to get so much out of this conversation and I'm excited to dive into it. So I wanted to talk about themes of challenges in dating and marriage. So can you tell me what are some of the most common themes around challenges that dating and married couples encounter? 
Sure. Well, first of all, congratulations to you, Miss Newlywed. We are very excited to always celebrate love, 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 love. So yes. And as you may have experienced or may not, <laughs> communication is a major thing. I always talk about taming the tongue. <laughs> communication is a huge thing. And honestly, communication is very challenging because two people are coming together and just bringing two totally different backgrounds and styles and feelings and processing into the relationship. And, you know, it just gets a little chaotic. So for sure, communication, that is a huge thing that I work with my couples on. Also roles, the roles that partners play in the household, you know, I don't know about you, girl, but I am not one who is very excited to cook three meals a day. And after having our second child at the tail end of last year, girl, I'm really not interested in feeding people. <laughs> like, I'm over it. If we can do anything, it is hiring a chef. That is what we need to be able to afford immediately. So I may have to be talking to you about getting some extra jobs at this point because I'm so sick of cooking. <laughs> but, you know, cooking is a typical gender role that women often fill in the household and in the relationship. And, you know, sometimes we have to have the hard conversations around what do those things look like? You know, what roles are we playing here? What is the purpose behind the roles that we're playing? And how do we make them better? How do we make them more efficient? I think a lot of times we don't realize that there has to be a lot of strategy that actually goes into relationships to make them successful. Relationships are real partnerships, just like you have on a job or, you know, out in the community if you're an entrepreneur. It's partnering together and figuring out ways to resolve problems. So you need to have complementing roles for sure. So that's two. Let me think of one additional one. Another really huge thing that my couples come to me about is intimacy. And I don't just mean like for the men, because usually for men, it's interpreted as, I don't know if I can say the sex word. Oh, I want to have more sex Yes, words. you can say the sex word. <laughs> <laughs> but for the women, it's like, well... I can't come in the house, cook, clean up after everybody, wipe everything down, and then just be turned on like that. Like we have to figure out what intimacy looks like for each partner. And a lot of times it looks very different <laughs> for the men than it does for the women. So those are huge, huge, huge themes that I would say we work on. Pretty yeah, much I love that. Couples. Thank you so much for that, Courtney. <laughs> Communication, roles, and intimacy, and it was so, it's so funny to hear you talk about strategy and roles because I was just talking to a couple of girlfriends and I was saying how I thought as a part of the marriage starter pack that my husband was going to put gas in my car every Sunday. Not the marriage starter in, pack, first and, of all. And, and, like, I thought it was a part of the thing. Like when you sign the document, he also puts gas in your car. And then my yes. husband told me that I, he don't know where I got that idea from. And that's not what he do. And no. so I am your, like, your I, husband didn't get the manual. Like my husband didn't get the manual. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> it, There's some delivery issues that someone needs to figure out because everyone's not getting the same information and it's called <laughs> brave, grave concern. Yeah. But um, I bet you actually, did your dad put gas in your car? No, he did not. I don't know where I got this from. I don't know okay. where I got this from. Okay. TV, I, I, I don't say, know. I had that idea because my dad would gas up our cars on Sunday after church. So that was like the thing. Like the guy does that. Yeah. Me and my mom drove up to the gas station. He would pump back and back, you know, and then we'd, we'd go home. 
and enjoy our week and then do it again. I'm just trying to figure out the manual must be lost in the UPS. Amazon <laughs> is to blame. I am upset about it. Oh, but it's just so funny that like, because I think that, you know, we have these roles or we have these, mm-hmm. you know, visions of the roles and when it doesn't play out, it can cause friction. So I want to sure. talk about that friction because I remember when we were in premarital counseling, our premarital counselor talked to us about Trojan horses, like things that really interrupt or cause problems in dating and relationships. And so I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, that phrasing, but I'm just interested to know, can you share with my audience some of the, you know, the ways that they can inflame a situation in their dating life or married life or the Trojan horses, if you will, that kind of disrupt healthy relationships? Sure, sure. You know, a lot of times what we end up doing, instead of addressing it, first and foremost, we don't say anything about it. We try to avoid it. We try just to like not say, well, hey, that hurt my feelings or, you know, I don't necessarily agree with this because we think that's going to, quote unquote, keep the peace. And what it does, it eliminates the purpose. You are meant to talk to your partner. You are meant to communicate with your partner. And unfortunately, when those Trojan horses do come up, you know, they're disguised as something else. And we're just like, oh, I'm just going to put that over to the side. And what happens is you end up blowing up and imploding on your partner and telling them 10,000 things that they've done since 1995 that you're upset about and that you're not going anywhere. (laughs) So I teach my couples how to have collaborative conversation. I learned, I've been with my husband for about 15 years now. We haven't been married that full time, but we've definitely dated that entire time and without a break because I don't believe in doing a remix, but that's a whole nother conversation. So I teach my couples what I have learned through my therapy process as a, and as a counselor, you know, in the community, in the community, as well as what has worked time and time again for me and my husband. And it is a clear, how long are we going to have this conversation? I want to talk about this. This is how long it's going to talk and get the buy-in. Hey, are you okay talking about this tonight at eight o'clock after we put the kids to sleep? So you really have to get clear on what it is that you want to say because one thing that we know when we have these big conversations women oftentimes are the gender that likes to talk and talk and talk and the man doesn't really stay into it you know he's got about a good 10 to 15 minutes that he can really focus on what you're doing now how they hear espn and stephen a smith yelling at them all day long i don't know but when i start talking my husband's time kind of starts to tune out after a while right so we have to stop having hour-long arguments and have strategy behind how are we going to address these problems first is the acknowledging hey this is an actual problem then it's i really want to talk to you about this it's going to take us 15 minutes can we talk about it tonight at such and such a time? You just got to be specific and be honest about it and limit the time when you actually do have those conversations. If you are with the person you're supposed to be with and you're both mature and respectful, of course, they're going to have that conversation, but it has to be solution oriented. We're not talking about the 10,000 things that have happened over the course of the past year that you're upset about. We're talking about that one specific topic or issue at hand so that you can solve it because we can't solve everything all before we go to sleep at night. It's exhausting. We never go to sleep. Yeah, your rest is important. And I love what you said, sort of don't, you know, don't hold back in an attempt to focus on the peace, but focus on the purpose, right? The purpose of this marriage, the purpose of this relationship is communication and connection. And we can only get that back if we repair 
the, you know, the Trojan horse that messed us up in the first place. So addressing that is really important. I love that. That's so good. So I know that you're a new mother times two, right? You had your second child at the end of last year. Yes. So two, <laughs> two under two. So you are, you are deep in and involved in the, in the struggle of motherhood. I am not a mother, but I know that lots of my listeners are. So can you talk a bit about how you've seen your own marriage and maybe how you coach couples who are bringing in children, you know, one or multiple <laughs> um, sure. into their marriage and how that has shifted things? Sure. Sure. You know, our little angels, our little darlings, <laughs> We love kids, right? We love them. They're amazing, but they are cock blockers. They are terrorists. They are crazy little growing hormonal people (laughs) that we have to figure out. Also, right? Another added personality in the house, another mouth to feed. We love them though. And I am so thankful. God has blessed us with two beautiful, healthy, very intelligent, two, two girls. And we have definitely had to change and not think of life as getting back to a certain place, but realizing that life moves forward and now we are different people. And what does that look like for our household at this point? And I think the first thing we have to do as parents and especially as moms is recognize I'm never going to be the same. Like I am now a different this is a different iteration of, of me. You know what I mean? We always talk about the iPhone, the original iPhone versus where we are with model 13. You have to look at your relationship like that too. You will change. The, the priorities will change. The challenges will change and what you desire changes. And kids are another added, you know, moving puzzle piece inside of, inside of the marriage. I would say you really have to get an understanding of what changes take place. A lot of times it's intimacy, time management. It would also be a lot of understanding what the new roles look like. So who's helping do what, when, and having those conversations, again, it all starts with those conversations and getting the buy-in from your partner will help you to be able to eliminate a lot of the chaos. You also have to play to your strengths. I'm not a morning person, but my husband is. So guess who gets up at six o'clock in the morning when the baby's up? Now, thankfully, we figured out how to get our kids to sleep through the night like relatively quickly. So that has been a blessing. But if that's not your case, you got to sleep, boo. So you got to figure out, okay, how can we do these shifts and not like I said, again, take so long to avoid the conversations that it becomes something where you just implode all these emotions onto your partner. And they're like, well, I didn't know you wanted more sleep. <laughs> I didn't know you weren't restful and ready to go and start your day. But yes, that that is huge. I always teach my couples to do a weekly check-in and I'll make sure that you're, you're audience gets gets this worksheet, but weekly check-ins are very important in relationships. They will help you have, the way I outline them, conversations around what your needs are, what your desires are, any hiccups that happen during the week so that you can figure out how to not have them again or what to do instead when those instances pop up. You talk about budgeting, just a little bit of everything that comes up to help that strategy and that planning piece continue to flow like it's supposed to in your relationship. Communication, girl. It's all about the communication. (laughs) It's so good. And I I love what you talked about is that children don't allow you to go back. You know, Mm -hmm. it's interesting that you say that. I think that's the reason why I feel like motherhood isn't for me because I'm like, oh, I always want to revisit the past. I'm like, oh, I remember when I could fit that dress. I remember when I 
I'm like, let me go back. And children do not allow for that. So for those mm-hmm. of you who have children, honor and that. Hips is different, and, boom. and know that we are moving forward. <laughs> know that we are moving forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beyonce said, forward. You know, exactly, exactly. It is different. It's very different. You have to accept, you know, there's a lot of work behind accepting yourself first and what you have going on first and understanding what your new needs are. But I think oftentimes when we get in marriages, we don't realize like, well, there's still autonomy that has to exist. There's still the need to, you know, go after the dreams and the hopes and desires that you have. You just have to be clear on those. So when you communicate them, it makes sense to your partner. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Thank you, Courtney. So the last question I have for you is how does one assess if it's time to throw the whole relationship away or (laughs) commit to working on it? Are there questions that you can invite my audience to ask themselves or to ask their partners to really assess what the best next step is if they feel like the relationship is falling apart? Sure, sure. Well, first I want to say if you or your children or you know anyone in your household is in danger because of the relationship i most definitely suggest you know getting in contact with whoever your village is if you don't have a village because that's very real for a lot of people contacting a local church or the local police to get out of that situation we do not want anyone in domestic violence situations it is never okay for you to be abused verbally mentally emotionally at any in any cost so that's one aside from that okay don't beat me up y'all but you can usually work through (laughs) whatever is going on in your relationship a lot of times when people hurt us it's difficult for us to figure out how to move past it and because it's because we're so far into it which is why i always suggest if you're at the place where you think you want to give up you can but obviously if you're questioning it you already know that you want to stay together. That is when you need to get help. And I'll give you this little tidbit. My husband and I got to a place where we were like, okay, do we still want to do this? Like, I love you. I don't really like you right now. Like, I don't really know that I want to keep doing this. And it was very real to sit in that room with our therapist and hear him say, you know, y'all could get a divorce, right? You come back from that like, oh, wow, this is very real. And both of us at that time immediately realized like, okay, no, that's not the route that we want to go down. So, you know, I I tell people that all the time. You automatically know if this is something that you want to do or not. And usually if you're asking that question, you want to stay unless it's something, like I said, that's extremely dangerous. Get help. Get professional help. I'm here. You can always (laughs) reach out to me, but get you a therapist, a counselor, a coach, someone who can work with you to identify what the issues are and make a strategy to create goals and implement a plan to correct whatever has gone wrong. Thank you so much for that, Courtney. I love that idea of just like checking in, like knowing what your options are, safety first, but then knowing what those options are. And you can quickly assess like, do do I want to take an option to exit the relationship or do I want to commit to the work required to work on it and then working with a professional to kind of work through that strategic approach for working on it so Mm -hmm. in the spirit of strategy Courtney let my audience know how they can work with you let let them know how they can find you and learn more about you and your work 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you can always find me at coachmecourtney.com. It's Courtney with a K. I am also on Instagram at coachmecourtney, and that's also Courtney with a K. I have a few things going on right now, so I'm super excited. So definitely make sure you reach out to me on any of those platforms and get on my email list so that you can definitely get the worksheet that I was talking about. I'll make sure that Ashley's folks get the worksheet for the weekly check-in so you can at least start there. I also want to provide the listeners of your amazing podcast, a wonderful little token of appreciation to you because you were just so fabulous. If anyone is listening to this and they would like to work with me, you will obviously get a complimentary discovery call so we can talk about ways that I could help you more. But any package that you choose to work with me on, you'll get 10% off if you use the discount code MentorMe. So that's one thing also. And then in August, I am co-hosting a, August of 2023, I'm co-hosting a vacation experience. We are going to Los Cabos, Mexico, and we will be staying at the Breathless All-Inclusive Resort. So I am super excited. I'm joined by a couple of really cool relationship experts. We're going to be doing all types of excursions, having fun with Bay, dressing up, looking cute, and then a couple of little showered in activities to help us just strengthen our relationship. So I look forward to connecting with you guys. Yes, there are so many opportunities to connect with Courtney. And I just certainly hope that you all do take advantage of her expertise. I've been following Courtney online for, it feels like forever. And every time she shares something about her marriage or you know what she's teaching and coaching her clients, I'm always just so impressed. Thank you so much, Courtney, for blessing the School yeah. audience with your expertise. So grateful for you. Thanks. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Courtney. It was so amazing to have your expertise. I feel like folks are going to so much benefit from what you shared and really the strategy first focus of your approach to healthy relationships. I love it. So now we're going to talk TVT and I'm so excited to talk about this show. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. It is a drama TV show that just released on ABC and it is called The Company You Keep. The Company You Keep features con man, Charlie, um, who is a career criminal. He is, he is, he and his entire family, his parents, his big sister, even oh, his no. niece. I know, right? Our, it's a family full of criminals. The lead play, the lead character is Milo Bentig. I think it's Ventiglia. He played okay. on This Is This Is Us. He was okay. the father of This Is Us. So he is, is the lead character in this show. And he serendipitously falls in love with an undercover CIA agent named... Oh, Lord. Wait a minute, sir. That's not good So the entire relationship is unknowingly on a collision course for disaster of a man <laughs> falling in love with an undercover CIA agent. It is messy, 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 but it is actually based on a former TV show that they remade. And I will watch Milo in literally everything. I've been following him since Gilmore Girls. So I'm plugged in and I want more of this show, but I'm interested, you know, for your perspective, A con man, a career criminal and con man, and a CIA agent could make it work. So I don't suggest anyone dating a con man first and foremost, but I will definitely say 
you can date someone who is opposite of you. You know how they always say, oh, opposites attract. That is very much true. Opposites can complement each other. But comment, no, sis, run. <laughs> don't, don't be with him. That is not right. Don't collect, don't pass, go, don't collect $200. No, not that ain't the what's one guy saying for you. <laughs> what's interesting about the show is that they have so much chemistry. And of course, it's a TV show. So he is a career criminal. His entire family is wrapped up into this. But he's a hopeless romantic who, you know, yeah. is trying to figure out how he might need to get out of the life. And then she's a CIA agent, but she is living a lie. Like her whole family thinks she is an investor, works for an investment company. You know, of course, when you work for the CIA, it's not like you walk around saying that, but like nobody really knows her real life. So she is already always kind of living a lie. So it is a very, it's a show that's fueled with like tension, both sexual and relational. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know what I think is really interesting, though, in shows like that, that sort of thing happens in real life, maybe not the comment and the CIA agent, but for sure people who may be coming out of a certain type of lifestyle and they're trying to get into a relationship, you oftentimes get like this imposter syndrome. And let me tell you, like imposter syndrome very much deals in the workplace. I know you probably, I know you talk about this. I've, I've heard you talking about the imposter syndrome all the time, but it happens in relationships too. And it shows up in relationships and it looks like am I worthy of this? You know, do I deserve to be in this relationship? Or, you know, is this person too good for me? Or, oh, you know, that sort of thing. And honestly, yes, everyone deserves whether you are a work in progress or not. That's why I really hate when people are like, oh, you need to be healed before you. No, you don't. Healing is a lifelong process. We are always going to be healing for something. And if we were to wait to love and be loved until after healing has taken place, we would be missing out on a lot like that's you you can't you can't do that so I would definitely say in those types of instances in these types of relationships you deserve to be loved you don't want to be a con man lying to folk now don't do that (laughs) but always know that you are worthy of love you are you are designed to be in partnership with other people you were designed to be you know around each other so you have to find the pockets that you can, ways to be uh, exposed to other folks so you can commune. And for sure, you don't want to tell lies. You want to figure out, you know, how you can be as open and honest about hard truths as possible. You know, sometimes that may look like telling somebody about your past that you may not be, you know, so proud of or being honest about how far you can go or be in relationship at this season of your life. But yeah, relationships can always work. We just have to put the work behind it. Yeah, I love that approach and the fact that, you know, you deserve to be loved and you don't have to be fully healed and evolved to get that, that you can be working through something and still give and receive love. So Thank you again, Courtney, so much for your expertise. I just, I learn from you every time I encounter you. So grateful to have you as a guest on the show. And I know that my audience is going to absolutely benefit from hearing from you. Thanks all for listening to School and Life this week. If you have not already dropped this episode in the group chat, in the group me, honey, grab the link, drop it, let the girls know this was a good one. Thanks so much for listening to School and Life this week. School's out. Class dismissed.